Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Oh my goodness, we are headed into week four of the NFL fantasy football season. Does this make you sad? It's a quarter of, uh, nearly a quarter of the way over. We just started the season. This is problematic. But we just started. I feel like there's a lot of things that have made me sad. You know, the Steelers and the Browns sucking. Um, Some of my fantasy players that I had such high hopes on, like Dante Pettis and O.J. Howard sucking. Like, there's a lot of things that make me sad um, all the way already by week four. Give me one thing that's made you happy. Um, One thing that you have enjoyed seeing so far doesn't have to be fantasy football related, but something that has given you joy so far in this football season. Let's not be pessimist here. Oh, I was about to go pessimist. Wait, because I was going to say I'm I'm happy that Chris Carson's struggling so much. (laughs) Wow. No, that is negative Nancy. It's just because I want Rashad Penny to do well. We are not negative Nancys. We are... uh, uh, Michelin Michelle's. You know, keep trucking. Uh, Austin Eckler has been a great surprise, but I picked him like everywhere. Once Melvin Gordon, you know, was a holdout, I picked him in the sixth round, basically everywhere. You know, this week might start to make me sad after this week, but that's something that's made me happy. I'm happy Melvin Gordon's coming back. I owned him in so many dynasty leagues. He absolutely shot me in the foot. I've made it work, though, in my Melvin Gordon leagues, all of them. I think I'm two and one, so that's a that's a positive thing. So Melvin Gordon coming back can only mean good things. So for those of you who have not heard, Melvin Gordon will be coming back. We'll get into, we'll get, we'll get into the, the news a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, if you do not follow us on Twitter, I am Kate at FFBallBlast. And I'm Michelle at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm. We thank you for all of your support. This has been such a tremendous, tremendous. I had no idea what word you were going with there because that did not sound like you're going to say tremendous. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a tremendous season with you guys so far. If there's anything that we could be providing you on our weekly podcast, please let us know. If there's information that's going to help you win your league that we're not hitting, just let us know. Maybe our dogs not chewing bones in the background might make you happy, but it would make us annoyed. So you might have to deal with some chewing in the background. <laughs> We're sorry if you hear that today. Sometimes it's the only thing to keep them quiet. Yeah. they. Uh, our dog got a little scratched cornea. We need to stop talking about the injuries to our dogs because it seems like we abuse them. They because are on the injury report. <laughs> they're always, always on the injury report. and They're yeah. on the pup list. We they're do on the pup take list. such good care of our animals, but it seems pup. like they're always in trouble. The dogs are on the pup list. Wow. You you only had to say that joke six times for it to <laughs> land. Good job. Good job. Uh, I didn't say I'm a pilot, Michelle. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. It's week four. It's the Ball Blast podcast. Ross Tucker Network, baby. If you have not yet checked out all of the podcasts on the Ross Tucker Network, please do so. You can check those out at RossTucker.com. Check out our fantasy football Patreon page at Patreon.com slash BallBlast. We do an extra weekly episode there where we do all of your fantasy football matchups, every single game, line by line. Who are we starting? Who are we sitting? And why? I'm pretty sure the quarter beat me this week. So uh, on that podcast, I I am terrible at picking which team is going to win each week, like which NFL team. So I had the quarter do it for me, and then I picked as well. I, I haven't looked yet, but I'm pretty sure the quarter kicked my butt. Yeah, I I don't ever ask me for pickums or for uh, betting. <laughs> That's I'm no. not the person to come to for that. That's okay. Yeah. Trust my bank account. She's not the person to come to for for sports betting. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Let's get into the news. This just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. This just in. Our dogs have finished chewing their bones, and we are 
Back in business, baby. No more noise in the background. Yeah, fingers crossed on this one. It is very hard to tape a podcast with our dogs in the house. It's nearly impossible. There's lots of heavy breathing. One day we'll have a studio. Like, I, I believe that. Oh, yeah. I, I and shall we, built it to myself. And when we have that studio, Patreon subscribers, we will thank you nonstop. Absolutely. Yeah. Michelle, what, what do you think our biggest headline of this week is? Because my bet is on Sir Cam Newton ruled out for week four with a Liz Frank injury. I don't like that he was ruled out this early. I don't like that they have this much confidence in Kyle Allen. It's not... It's not a good move. They're, you know, as long as Kyle Allen looks good, they're going to be like, yo, Cam, take your time, man. It's cool. We're fine. Yeah, but that could end this week. Kyle Allen looked great. and But we had to also think about he was playing the Cardinals, which every quarterback has looked great playing the Cardinals. So let's just, you know, step back for a second and relax. But right now, a Kyle Allen that's healthy is better than a hurt Cam Newton. So that's what we have to compare him to as well. So everyone's just relieved right now. You know, if you're a Panthers fan, you're relieved to see a quarterback back there that can actually connect on a pass, that can throw the ball longer than 10 yards without hurting, that can, you know, be a little bit mobile in the pocket. So it's nice for them, and I'm, I'm sure it's relieving. So, yes, we're excited about Kyle Allen right now, but let's see where we're at next week. Of note, uh, may he rest in peace, Christian McCaffrey. He only saw four targets oh, relax. in his first career game uh, <laughs> with Kyle Allen. He was still awesome. Sorry, not for first career game, but he did see um, the lowest target count He's only seen, I think, less than five targets, I want to say three or four times in his career. Last week was one of them. Do you worry about his floor in PPR? He did see a larger rushing volume than he typically does. So maybe that's just sort of their tilt Not to at take all pressure worried. off their quarterback. Remember last week we were talking about maybe Kamara won't be used as much in the passing game <laughs> with Teddy Bridgewater. And yeah, Kamara was fine. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey will be fine. He saw, like, I don't think him getting more rushing attempts hurts. What is really nice is if they get to the goal line, I don't think they're running it in with Kyle Allen. Not the way they did with Cam Newton. Like, it would have to be not a quarterback. Not rushing Cam Newton well, yeah, in not this when year, he was but not healthy. Yeah. Last year, Cam Newton stole a lot of goal line carries. Kyle Allen won't be doing that unless it's a one-inch sneak. So we know oh, you mean like Case Keenum style. Yeah. So we know Christian yeah. <laughs> and we know Christian McCaffrey will be getting those goal line carries, which is really nice to know that. Yeah. You want you want faith that your your guy is going to be the goal to guy. The goal to guy. <gasps> that is the new phrase. So he's the goal to guy. Sure. It's a combination of goal line back and go to guy. I don't love he's it. He's the goal to guy. Okay. okay. Yeah. You run with that. All right. I'm running, baby. Uh, I actually think the next piece of news is the biggest news we got from this week. Uh, it's Melvin Gordon coming back. Is it the biggest news coming back, though? Because I feel like this news might just hurt everybody involved. Well, so we've it does. Seen, it hurts me a lot. We've seen the incredible, incredible production from Austin Eckler. He the is running back three. The, the running back, like the running back three. Yeah. He has been absolutely on fire. He has looked good both on the ground, in the air. And he's going to be on fire again this week because Melvin Gordon is not playing this week. It's already been said that he will not play week four against Miami. Scheduled to report Thursday. I feel like it's a nice present to us Austin Eckler fans who are sad that Melvin Gordon is coming back because we own him. I feel like it's really nice of him to say, you know what? You take the Miami game. I'll you think that's out. what he had in mind? Yes. He's like, you know what? Austin Eckler deserves this Miami game. Give it to him. Oh, it should be so beautiful. It should be oh so delicious. But I do think that, I mean, I feel like after we've seen sort of the guy that Austin Eckler can be when fully healthy, when he is the lead guy, how do you sit him on the bench and be like, oh, no, no, you get, you just get your limited snaps now. I feel like, does this move hurt Keenan Allen? Do they utilize both running backs a little bit more heavily in their scheme? 
It could definitely bring back Keenan Allen to like reality, but he's seeing 17 targets, 15 targets. So even if he comes down to 10, like he's still going to be still fine. Keenan Allen. He's still going to be great. He's just not going to be this like insane target monster that none of us really saw coming at 17 targets. Like that's crazy. So yes, it could it could bring him down a little bit, but I'm not scared for Keenan Allen at all. I think they they still need Austin Eckler. Like they they plan to have Hunter Henry. He's gone. They had Tyrell Williams last year. He's gone. No wide receiver. They don't receiver. want to use Mike Williams, whether it be yeah. his health or just not the preference and target. I yeah. And he did. Mike Williams saw seven targets last week. Only caught three. Could be due to injury. Whatever. He, Obviously, it's not working right now at this exact moment for Mike Williams to step into that wide receiver two role, get all of those targets, get all of those yards and snaps. Um, But there's no wide receiver three yet that's stepped up either. No, and of note, Virgil Green banged up. Mike Williams, though, is also – he's banged up. He was on the the injury report with a back. He's been dealing with a knee issue, too. So I, I feel like if this was sort of just like a maintenance day, they might have just listed him with a knee. I don't know. Is he having an aggravation of a back injury? Who knows? Who knows? We're going to have to wait and, and sort of see how that shakes out. But regardless, great matchup going into this week. Yeah, and when it comes to what to do with Austin Eckler now, like it's too late to sell him. You could have sold him on a high before, and that would have been great, but it was really hard to sell him because he was doing so great, and you had no idea when Melvin Gordon was coming back. He could have waited till week 10, and you need, you need to get those wins now. You, you're not going to sell Austin Eckler for very much now that people know Melvin Gordon's coming back. I plan to hold him, and I'm not that upset about Gordon coming back. I think Are you he'll trying be, to buy him? Maybe. I, don't, I just bought him in a dynasty for really cheap. I love it. And... I, I'm not trying to sell him right now because I think he's a fine flex play. I really do. Throughout the year, I think he gets plenty of snaps. I think he gets his targets. There will definitely be games where he bums you out, but I think he can break any play, and I think he gets plenty of work this year. So I'm fine playing him as a flex play throughout the year and uh, holding on to him. I think if you do intend to target him, I feel like people forget that he did have standalone value. In 2018, he had tremendous standalone value which is why you drafted him exactly that's why we told people when you know people would ask us is it justin jackson or austin eckler and i thought justin jackson would actually put up more production while melvin gordon was gone but i said austin eckler because he provides you that standalone value so even when melvin gordon does come back it's not too big of a deal because he's still he still has some value so you spent a six-round pick on him he won you your first three weeks and now probably a fourth so He's worth that six-round pick, I think, and now you can still plug him in your flex and feel okay about it. Absolutely. Some injuries to monitor going into week four. Rashad Penny uh, came down with a hamstring injury in uh, a walkthrough practice last week, so that's something to keep your eye on. It doesn't look like he's practiced yet, but we're going to have to keep eye on those reports through the week. Chris Carson coming off all these fumbles. We talked about it on Tuesday's podcast I'm a little worried about Chris Carson. I swear earlier I saw that Penny practiced, so now it changed to did not practice, which is concerning to me. I don't it's really, only Wednesday. I don't know if we want Penny to play this quickly. You Normally when running backs come back this quick from hamstrings, it's not really a good thing. I think Carson has a fine week and holds on to his job, and it's just like bad timing as a Penny fan because I do think he would have taken that job last week in that game where Carson was a disaster. Of note, he is somebody that I'm starting to buy in leagues. He cleared pretty much I'm, – I'm trying – I'm sort of frugal with my, with my waiver wire ads. I don't feel like – uh, with my fab, I want to spend all of my money out of the gate. I'm waiting for like that big catastrophic injury in week seven and for a promising guy to like step up into that role and for me to just blow all of my fab dollars. Hasn't happened yet, but he cleared all of my waivers and I got him for zero dollars. Penny? Yep. Which I like. So I can wait it out in the leagues where I have the space and the comfortability at the running back position to just wait and see what happens because I feel like the change of guard could take place. LaShawn McCoy was limited on Wednesday after tweaking his ankle week three versus the Ravens. 
He looked fantastic even after limping into the stadium. Are you excited about him going into week four? I am. I think it's a great matchup against Detroit. I will be starting him if he plays. We we saw him really banged up if last week. If he limps week. into the stadium, yeah. will you start him? There's drugs that numb it. <laughs> He'll be fine, which I think it's really nice that he had a limited practice Wednesday. Like, I think that's a really good sign. And I I see no reason for him not to play if he's going to put in a limited practice on Wednesday. I think as it comes to Friday, he'll have a full participant practice and he'll be good to go. Jimmy Graham, he had popped up on the injury report. He's due to play Thursday night. It sounds like he will be active. Um one of the more interesting storylines of the week. So we watched Monday Night Football, Michelle. It was atrocious. Case Keenum was a disaster. He had three interceptions, two fumbles. And his last fumble was on a what he perceived, I think, to be a goal line carry, where once you break the plane, the play is over because... He just let that ball fall right out of his hands. It was an active fumble on the field. And can I just say, when you see him in this pile, sort of like groping around and he spins around, trying to feel around for the football, he reminded me of Kevin Malone in the office when he spilt that chili all over the floor. (laughs) And he's just desperately trying to like push his chili back into the pot. Like... Case Keenum, it happened. I, I I feel sad right now because watching Case Keenum, I didn't think he looked that bad. Like, I know he had five turnovers, and that's not a good look. But he's looked good this year, and he's taking risks, and I like that. And he's, I don't know, I, I think Case Keenum looks I decent. I think you're biased. Why? Because you are in love with Terry McLaurin. <laughs> I am, and we're going to talk about actually Case Keenum and Terry McLaurin here in a second. Uh, but... The the storyline I'm talking about is what if we get to see Dwayne Haskins in this matchup? Case Keenum was listed with a foot injury. X-rays were negative. What if we get to see Dwayne Haskins versus Daniel Jones? Does anyone know where this foot injury came from? Uh, probably from him swimming in a pile <laughs> of defensive linemen trying to chase after a football. I, I Like after the game, uh, John Gruden, not John Gruden, Jay is it Gruden. Is a phantom foot injury. Jay Gruden said that, you know, he's a starter moving forward. So you wouldn't think he had a foot injury after that game. So I'm just shocked by this. He did not practice. I am about to talk about him in maybe my scrumptious starts of the week. Oh my God. That's getting me a little nervous because why did he not practice? And then, yeah, Dwayne Haskins would be interesting. And then I actually, it would be really fun to see Dwayne Haskins versus Daniel Jones. So the the boys of 2019, baby. But I still want to see Case Keenum out there. Okay. Can we get into our scrumptious starts? Because I really want to talk about this man. You are chomping at the bit. Yeah. Let's do it. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Michelle, you just hinted at your boy Case Keenum being your scrumptious start of the week. Can you please elaborate a little bit more on that? <laughs> there's Mr. Obvi- five turnovers. Yes, there's obviously a lot of other great quarterbacks to play in a one-quarterback league that you're going to be starting over Case Keenum. Like, you're not going to start Case Keenum over a Russell Wilson or over a Lamar Jackson or over a Deshaun Watson. Are you sure? That's not at all what I'm suggesting you do. But Case Keenum is a solid play if you need a quarterback or in DFS. Like, I really like him in DFS this week. Now, it all comes down to the injury. Obviously, you want him to be 100%, so let's keep an eye on that. I want to see a full participation in practice tomorrow. But right now, as we stand, three weeks in, he's a top 12 quarterback. He is a quarter, He's the quarterback 11. And That's that, shocking. But that is also with the Chicago Bears game where he had five turnovers. Like, that includes that, and he's still in the top 12. That's, that's impressive. Yes, it is because he is throwing for a ton of yards. He's the fourth on the season in yards, 933 yards. That's fantastic. He went over 300 yards in two games. He had 380 yards his first game. Wow. That's 
Amazing. Case Keenum, guys. And he's tied for fourth with seven passing touchdowns. It's fourth in the league. That's the New York Giants this week. Danny Danny Dimes, baby. He can keep that offense rolling, make it a... What if this game is an offensive shootout? But that's the best part is that both defenses are not good. So like last year, I feel felt like the Washington Redskins had a pretty solid defense. So quarterbacks didn't too, do too great against them because, you know, there was no need to. But now Case Keenum is actually putting up points. Their defense isn't very good. So the other side of the ball is scoring. And it's kind of a shootout in games, which is fantastic for fantasy. And like you said, they're going up against the Giants, who have allowed the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks so far this season. They allowed Jameis Winston to throw for three touchdowns. And only one pick. Like, that's amazing for Jameis Winston. Only one pick. That's Career like, game right there. unheard of. That's a great game. Uh, Allen, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and Jameis Winston all had over 20 points in fantasy when they played against the Giants. And I don't see any reason why Case Keenum can't do that same thing. All right. My scrumptious quarterback of the week. I'm, I'm, not, going, uh, I'm not going fishing like you have, oh, Michelle. Oh, Relax. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not fishing. This is a guy that I'm still getting questions about. You're and just I picking just a top know, three quarterback. Stop it. <laughs> I'm still getting questions about him because I don't think people trust this guy yet, which is bananas to me. If you're watching this guy play, he is your auto start moving forward. Yeah. He's I a don't great know pick. what matchup I'm setting him against. Dak Prescott, quarterback three for 2019 so far. He is a must start. Stop sending me questions. It's funny how fast players' names can change. So in the offseason, you know, we both had him in our top 12 for quarterbacks. Oh, we got hated. People don't like it, even though he's never ended outside the top 12 in any year of his career. Even when he had no wide receivers, he's always ended in the top 12. And he wasn't a sexy name coming into this year. I feel like right now he's turning his name into a sexy play. Like he has a sexy name for fantasy. And you're like, ooh, I want Dak Prescott. It's not just like, oh, I'll play him. Like Case Keenum is like, ooh, gross. Like, <laughs> like he is doing yeah. good, but like this is gross. Like Dak Prescott is one of those plays where you're like, ooh, I'm going to win the week because I play him. Yeah, he's, he's definitely balling out. I have to imagine that Jerry Jones wishes he had signed his extension before yeah. the season because – He's looking like he needs a lot more money than we all expected him to get headed into the season. Totally agree with you. Yeah. His offensive weapons are all on fire. He travels to New Orleans, who have given up the second most passing yards on average through three weeks. Average of two passing touchdowns per game. But Michelle, the best part. The best part. Yeah. They have given up one or more rushing touchdowns to the quarterback in each of these three games that we have seen so far. New Orleans gave up one rushing touchdown to Deshaun Watson. That beautiful dive over the pylon, I'll never forget it. <laughs> one rushing touchdown to Jared Goff, who's not like a a huge rushing quarterback, and then two rushing touchdowns to Russell Wilson. Dak Prescott is the rushing touchdown machine. Six a year, baby. Six per year. He's going to get like two of them here, so... We just have to quota out those other four rushing touchdowns, sprinkle them throughout the season. And I think the reason why you're still getting questions about Dak is because he was a super late-round quarterback, so he was probably a lot of people's second quarterback if he drafted two. It's interesting, though, because I don't feel like I'm getting any questions about Lamar Jackson. Yeah. They were drafted pretty closely together. Honestly, I might rather have Dak than Lamar the rest of the year. I mean, we've we've seen more of the history from Dak. I guess both have played Miami, which has really helped. But only one has played the second worst, Arizona, as well. Yeah, and I that could just be me being a Baltimore Ravens hater, though, as well. So don't go don't go make that trade. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I I mean, I think honestly, either way, you're doing well. And the whole point is that you drafted them late. So I'm getting a lot of questions. Should I trade this guy? And my answer has sort of formulated to be like, what are you hoping to get? Because you drafted these guys, they're top quarterbacks, and you drafted them super late. So what are you hoping to get out of that trade? I think both of these guys are great great picks, but Dak, I think that he is going to have an outstanding week against the New Orleans Saints in week four. Give me your scrumptious wide receiver. So this is actually picking 
backing, piggybacking. Yep, that's right. Piggybacking off my quarterback of the week. Going for the stack, baby. It's Terry McLaurin, and I am obsessed with this guy. Like, I can't get off of him. I don't even know what happened. I randomly took him in some rookie leagues for Dynasty. And then once you take him, like, in a few, you you are obsessed with the guy because you're rooting for him. You Terry want him McLovin. to be great. Terry, Terry McLovin. McLovin. So this is my dude, and he's killing it. He's a wide receiver eight through three weeks. Averaging 17.2 points in half PPR formats. I thought I was accidentally looking at full PPR, and I wasn't. It was half PPR, 17.2 points. That's what he's averaging. That is awesome. He's a rookie. Like, that's not normal. That is fantastic. He is the first wide receiver um, in NFL history to have uh, a receiving touchdown and at least 50 yards in all three of his first games. Yeah, man. And the best part is that he's very consistent. He, you know, he's not top eight because he had this crazy breakout game, like a Sammy Watkins with his 200 yards and three touchdowns. He just is doing it every single game. He has had no less than seven targets, and that was in his first game. Then he had nine targets and then eight targets, five, five, and six receptions, 125 yards, 62, and then 70 yards. And then a touchdown in each of those games. He is the touchdown machine on this team case Keenum looks to him when they get down there and case Keenum just looks to him all throughout like the whole drive he likes Terry McLaurin and I like Terry McLaurin and we've already talked about the Giants defense they give up a lot of points to the quarterback which then it makes sense they give up a lot of points to the wide receivers they give up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers uh averaging around 46 points per week to the wide receiver position that's a lot He's, yeah. He is believable as a consistent wide receiver prospect moving forward. Yeah, he is. I, I like Terry McLaurin. I think it'll be interesting to see. We need to write all the Redskins fans on Twitter and tell them we're actually talking about their team in a good way, and they might come listen. It might. It's like, who talks about their team in a good way? Nobody. So no. we're, we're, we're giving you some love here, Redskins fans. We'll make sure that's an advertising point for this podcast because I'm sure, like you said, Michelle, no – no Redskins fans are listening to us, not after I said they were going 0-4. Not happening, but that's okay. I, I like the pick. I'm going for my scrumptious wide receiver of the week, Curtis Samuel. He was the golden boy, the golden boy of training camp. I don't think I heard more buzz about any wide receiver. And then he took the field. feel like he cooled down. It he was certainly like, did. It was like that sexy summer romance where, like, oh, my God, you're so hot and heavy. Like, I don't know. what. How do people meet on uh, – they meet on Tinder these days. So you meet this this mysterious person on Tinder and you go on these sexy dates. and. Where are you going with this? I don't know. It's, like, it's hot. It's heavy. You're, like, texting. And then by the end of the summer, you have to go back to school, baby. You cool down. Okay. Like, you gotta, you it gotta, took a really long time to get there. I gotta land the plane. I know. Okay. So, so the that sexy romance cooled off, and I feel like there was a small buy buy low window. Now we see Kyle Allen come into the Carolina Panthers offense, had an outstanding game. Texans have given up the fifth most yards to wide receivers on average. Kyle Allen targeted Samuel seven times, as opposed to DJ Moore targeted twice. Took one of those to the house, but at the same time, you. I want the target share, right? At weeks one and two, he had over 90% of offensive snap. That dipped slightly in week three down to the 70s. I'm not sure what what accounts for that dip in snap percentage, but I really like Curtis Samuel. I really like the buzz. I like Kyle Allen as a prospect because he does have Christian McCaffrey there to open up the passing game. That's really interesting, actually. I did not realize that DJ Moore only had two targets. I think because he ended with 52 yards and a touchdown, you don't realize he only had one reception and two targets. He had 10 targets and 14 targets the two games before that with Cam Newton. That's really concerning as a DJ Moore owner going into this, you know, going into this game and moving forward with Kyle Allen. Ooh, that's not good. I actually put more as an okay start. I might move him down to a really risky start. I mean, I think there's still time to see how that's going to shake out. It's not like he was 
playing in a pass-heavy scheme in his first uh, or second NFL start. If Patrick Peterson was still with the Cardinals, it would kind of make sense, but they don't really have a player like that that can lock down their number one, so that that worries me. You know, it's possible that he's just gotten – Kyle Allen was with the Panthers last year. It's possible he's just gotten more reps with Curtis Samuel, so maybe he feels comfortable with him. DJ Moore, he was in the lineup right away. He was on the field seeing starting reps – in his rookie season. So I I don't know. I think that Curtis Samuel is a very interesting prospect. And if I own him in anything, I'm starting him because I think this could be a week that matchup is delicious. And I think that I like what I saw in week one. He didn't do a ton with Kyle Allen, but the target share is there. And that's, that's what I want to see. Michelle, give me your scrumptious running back of the week. All right. So I will say he's scrumptious in my heart. He has not been scrumptious on the year, that's for sure. And if he's not scrumptious this week, then I don't know what to do with him, and I might have to divorce him. And his name is James Conner. He is going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Pittsburgh is at home, and if he doesn't do good in this game, I don't know what to tell you. Then I just really messed up here. If he doesn't go go off this week against the Bengals, he's James Conner. James He's Conner. a con, con artist. I love it. Uh, so don't take me as a homer here because I really think he has a good game. James Conner so far in the season has been really bad. I, I totally get you guys. Like been, So is the offensive line. And he is seeing stacked boxes, which is eight men in the box or more, 26% of the time, which is top eight in the league right now. So defenses are not scared of the passing game and that even was including with big ben we need to open up that deep pass a little bit more we saw in the second half last week they finally started letting mason rudolph throw deep they need to do that more often for james connor to get some space do some play action plays they need to start getting creative if that offensive play calling doesn't get creative then we're going to be in trouble but i'm going to give connor a second here he did get injured in the second game in the second early second half, and then he came back. He didn't take a game off. It was an ankle injury, and he played. We saw Mixon play through his injury in that first game back and do really, really bad as well. The second game back, Mixon did much better. Now, this will be Connor's second game back. He's going to be healthier. He's, He's going to be at home. At home against a, a pretty soft defense. If he can't do it now, I don't know when he's going to be able to do it since he's allowed 27 fantasy points to the running back position through each of the three games. They let Frank Gore get 15 fantasy points. If James Conner can't beat Frank Gore, then I give up in fantasy and I quit. That's what you I say. Quit. I quit. I quit the podcast. You're, you're a one-man show after this. Woman. Whoa, man. I'm a one-whoa man show. I agree. I, I think that this is a a show me week. How confident are so Michelle, you own a lot of shares of James Goddard. How so confident many. so many shares. <laughs> I'm crying over here. How confident are like are you just starting him in everything? Like what yeah. is your threshold for starting James Goddard this, this week? This week I'm starting him in everything. If he fails this week, then well, I won't be on the show, so it doesn't, you, so it doesn't you can't, matter. What you can't ask me, but in our house, off of the show, you can ask me what I'll do, and I'll be crying. In and a, I'll post in a ball. it on Twitter. Yep. Okay, okay, that's absolutely fair. My scrumptious running back of the week, Mister Marlon Mack. He's majestic, but quiet. I feel like nobody's talking about Marlon Mack. He has looked something special so far on the season. He's he's looking great. He looks like he is playing behind an elite offensive line. They're blocking their butts off already. Uh, 61 attempts for 299 yards. That's 4.9 yards per attempt. He's on 20. Uh, he's got 22 first downs, six rushes of 10 yards or more. He's being used insanely a lot which is so nice for a running back his usage is way up with Andrew Luck not there because you know they have to depend on their defense and they have to depend on their run game even though Jacoby Brissett is looking decent but he's not Andrew Luck they're running a very balanced offense and I think their emphasis on the run is really opening things up for Jacoby Brissett he looks he's playing a very clean game right now and I think that this focus on the run is helping him do that because 
if they have to worry about Marlon Mack running down the field all the time, they don't have as many assets to devote to staring at Jacoby Brissett. Like, who's the bigger threat there? Marlon Mack is flourishing in it. He has more points so far than Ezekiel Elliott, than David Johnson, than Nick Chubb, than Le'Veon Bell. And people were scared to take him even in the fourth round. So he's definitely outproducing all of our expectations. He's doing very well, and anyone who drafted him should be happy. Yeah, I, I'm very happy with him. He gets the Raiders in week four. I'm I'm ready for the matchup, and I think that the workload is there. Even if that Raiders front seven is able to slow him down a little bit, I think the volume is more than enough for Marlon Mack to be a easy RB1 this week. No problem. Michelle, give me your tight end scrumptious TE of the week. <laughs> so this one is a hard one they call scrumptious because I feel like he, you know, he's the least scrumptious tight end. It's Delaney Walker. And he's not scrumptious. He's consistent. He's that grilled chicken. He's grilled chicken. He is always there for you when you have to be on a diet or, you know, you just feel like eating something healthy, but it's still yummy. You got belly maybe. But so sometimes you like, you need a little something to take that, that queasiness out of your belly. You need something plainish. But grilled chicken is still yummy. Like it's still good. It's always like, get it's a little oh, marinade. I feel like it always surprises you. Like you're never excited. You're like, oh, I'm going to get grilled chicken. You're never excited for it. But when you, once you're eating it, you're like, this is pretty good. Like this is still really good. And that is what Delaney Walker is. He is just super, super consistent for you. And in this tight end landscape over the last few years, that's all you can hope for. That's all you can literally ask for because you get the worst, the worst weeks out of your tight ends. And Delaney Walker just seems to never provide you with those. He's just... You know, never, Old never faithful. the boom, never the bust, just right there, gets you those 10 points. And that's what you need. He has 21 targets through three games, which is the eighth most amongst all tight ends. And he is right now, he accounts for 23% of all of Tennessee Titans targets because Marcus Mariota loves Delaney Walker. Six targets, six targets, nine targets. Those are his targets throughout three games. That's really all you can ask for with a tight end. If you got him late and you picked an earlier tight end like an Evan Ingram who's killing it for you, so you're not starting into Laney Walker, you need to sell him. You need to trade him because people right now are desperate for tight ends and people will overpay for Delaney Walker. And you can actually get a good, like a good wide receiver for him. So if you're not starting him, he deserves to be started. He deserves a better family. Go trade him to a better family that will you treat want him, him to right. Be adopted? Yeah. <laughs> go go trade him somewhere where he will be treated right and get you a better piece. Go trade him to a healthier family who likes grilled chicken. Exactly. Yeah. So let me let me just Fatties summarize. with your fried chicken. Yeah. Let me just summarize so far. So uh we've got Derek Carr who is do we say salted and broiled broccoli? Ugh, that sounds right. It sounds pretty gross. Um, so yeah, that sounds that sounds accurate. And then we've got Delaney Walker, who is grilled chicken, which I love the analogy because I'm never like pumped to eat grilled chicken, but you're right. When you're eating grilled chicken, you're like, I, I feel pretty good about myself. Like, I'm I'm gonna roll with it. So you're I, never upset after eating grilled chicken. You feel skinnier. Like after eating fried chicken, sometimes you feel really bad about yourself. Oh, I hate myself after fried chicken. And you know what? They get the the Falcons. They just lost Keanu O'Neill to an Achilles injury. Their secondary might be a little bit more spread. Might be able to get Delaney Walker a little further down the field. Those old man tree trunks. Delaney Walker is never going to make you cry after a game. He's never going to make you like be pumped. Well, He's never going to win you a think, week. The, the, I don't feel like. Even though he has been performing as your tight end, like he's done everything you want him to do, especially for where he's been drafted, I still don't feel like because of where you drafted him, the expectation is there. So if he lets you down, I don't feel like you are. But he's not going to let you down. Oh no, of course, of course not. <laughs> of course not. My tight end, I don't think he's going to let you down either, Michelle. Will Disley. So just anyone who plays the Arizona Cardinals. Will diss you. Hop off, woman. <laughs> Will Disley, tight end of the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, he does face the Arizona Cardinals in just three games. Tight ends are averaging 116 yards 
and 1.7 touchdowns to the tight end per game in weeks two and three. They allowed the tight end one, who were uh, Mark Andrews, Greg Olson, in week one. They allowed the tight end two, the tight end two, Sir TJ Hawkinson, Mr. Rookie himself. Who hasn't done really anything else since that game, so it just really shows how bad the Cardinals are defending that spot. It's bad. It's real bad. And Will Disley has caught three touchdowns in the last two games. I might sound bitter right now, but it's only because I lost out on him on waivers. We have waiver wires. I was a fifth. I really thought I was going to get him. I really, really did because there were some good people out there. The leagues that we have waivers in, they're not, they're obviously, they're home leagues. You would think that you would. I really thought I was going to get him. And just because he got that last second touchdown, like if he didn't get that last second touchdown and it had that score there, I would have totally got him. I have nobody because Hunter Henry and Vance McDonald got hurt. And now I have to start either Vernon Davis or get even deeper. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Seattle just traded Nick Vanette to our Pittsburgh Steelers. Just opens up the, the backfield. It's not like Nick Vanette was a huge factor for the Seattle Seahawks, but just further solidifies his role as the tight end. They did just sign Luke Wilson back to their squad. But again, don't expect him to make a, a fantasy relevant impact. I really like Will Disley. I'm in in it for the the long haul with him. He has been a consistent fantasy asset. I don't think you could ask for more for a guy who was, I mean, just picked off on waivers in some dynasty leagues. Michelle, give me your... Week four defense, your scrumptious start of defense special teams, baby. So I'm not going to say the Los Angeles Chargers because anyone that plays the Miami Dolphins, go start them if you have the opportunity. We we trust you all to know you already know that. Like, I, I don't have to tell you that. You know to play the defense versus Miami. So I'm going to go elsewhere, and I'm going to go the Ravens at the Browns because A, I think the Ravens were probably dropped in a lot of your leagues last week, unless someone cupped two defenses, which whatever, if they wanted to, then fine. But they were probably dropped a lot last week because they played the Kansas City Chiefs and they did pretty bad on defense. So makes sense. But now this week they get to play the Browns and the Ravens are at home. The Browns have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to opposing defenses so far. The Browns have not looked like what we expected. You know, Baker, OBJ, Chubb. Mr. Interception, you mean? Yeah, they're just not gelling the way we thought they would. It's going to take some time. I think going into Baltimore is never an easy task. So the Ravens, Stevens were doing very well before the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they get back on track, and maybe they don't score, you know, 15 points. But I do think they can get you an easy 5 to 10 points, and they'll, they'll be a good start for this week for a defense. Love it. I am actually staying in the AFC North. My pick of the week, I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know I sound like a homer, but they're going up against the Bengals, uh, who have given up 11 sacks to Andy Dalton on the season, just three games. That's the most in the league. Steelers tied for the league in, in sacks for 2018. Mr. TJ Watt leading that front. He's still there. you got the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick. The Steelers' defense had five turnovers, and you just wouldn't have known it because it, I mean, by the end of the game, those guys were worn out. But in the first half of the game, the 49ers couldn't hold on to the ball. They made some really big plays on the road. The Steelers usually travel horribly out to the West Coast. I think at home, you got Dalton tied for the, the fourth most drop passes from his wide receivers, fourth most sacks most batted passes in the league right now. I think there's a ton of opportunity to make big plays, make splash plays, get some turnovers. They are my hometown team, but I'm sticking with my boys. Monday Night Football, baby. Ugh. So we have to watch them struggle in Monday Night Football? Yep. Why Why all these night games? I don't want them. I've never liked night games, A. I just love the 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock games. Actually, just 1 o'clock games. And now I'm going to like them even less, I think, (laughs) without Ben. So, yeah, I just, I don't like night games. All right, well, we are going to go ahead and get into our sleepers and our favorite matchups of the week. But first, I want to talk about PollSports.com, one of the only sites of its kind to get you instant fantasy football advice in real-time polls. Questions like, who do I start? Who do I sit? Who wins this trade? 
all custom tailored fantasy football advice from people in real time in your community. Not sure if you're getting credible fantasy football advice. No problem, because you can check who's uh, voting on your polls, who is giving actual good advice by checking credibility scores, which is amazing. Every person that votes on your poll gets a credibility score that allows you to see how accurate are they in their fantasy football advice based on their voting track record. No more blindly clicking Twitter polls, which I know we've all done before. I've accidentally hit the wrong one on a few ones. And you know what? I don't want that to happen on poll sports because I am being held accountable for my answers. After you post a poll, the votes and advice, they come in almost instantaneously. You literally can set your league scoring format so people know exactly what they're voting for. No question, is this standard? Is this PPR? Is this four-point passing touchdown? Everything you need to know about the question that people are asking you is right there in the packet. Other websites out there might determine for you, like, who is this guy starts it, this guy starts But no, you're getting information from the masses and accurate information. So don't forget to check out PollSports.com for some instantaneous fantasy football advice for your leagues in 2019. Oh, that's a risky little game. I also like to live dangerously. I am very, very sneaky, sir. All right, Michelle, give me your sneaky sleeper of the week. It's Justin Jackson at Miami. I mean, please. So the the key that I've learned in 2019 is just to stream <laughs> any and all players. It doesn't matter. I could stream an offensive tackle against Miami, and I'd win the week, right? Absolutely. I am fine with starting Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson this week. Austin Eckler is one of my favorite plays of the week, obviously. He would be my running back scrumptious start of the week if it wasn't so obvious. I could try to go a little bit deeper there. Justin Jackson, though, I think is still a great play. He leads the league uh, with 7.9 yards per carry. That's the highest for any running back that has at least 15 attempts on the season. That's incredible. I actually had no idea that that was a thing happening. Yeah, he's killing it on the ground. Whenever he gets the opportunity, he hasn't got a ton of opportunity that we thought without Melvin Gordon because Austin Eckler is eating so much up. But I think there's going to be a ton to go around in this game. Miami, Miami, oh, Miami. They give up the most points to the running back position, and it's it's just really fun. It's really fun to look at. But <laughs> in week one, Mark Ingram. Like, Are there any Miami fans listening to this podcast? Mm, they might not be paying attention to the football this season. Oh, I don't Michelle. know if they love fantasy. They might they, be. No, I feel like Miami fans, you need fantasy football, right? You don't have real football to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. But week one, we saw the Ravens stomp on them. And uh, Mark Ingram did pretty great, 107 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And then once they were up by so much, Gus Edwards came in, 56 yards on the ground. A little bit of cleanup crew. Justice Hill, 27 yards on the ground. A guy named Anthony Levine, I'm guessing, is their fullback. Possibly 60 yards off of one carry, but that can always happen to with any running back against the Dolphins. In week two, Sony Michelle actually could uh, get some yards on the ground. That's like a first. He got 83 yards on the ground, which is amazing compared to his uh, 0.9 yards he was averaging last game. And uh, Rex Burkhead got some yardage. James White had 10 yards. And then you go into week three, Zeke. Monster of a game, 125 yards. And then Tony Pollard, also 103 yards. There is so much room here for both Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson to eat next week. And I will be playing them both. I have them both in certain leagues, and I am happy to play them. Very happy. Bold move there. I like it, though. That's the only way you win your leagues is if you're willing to make those bold moves. Michelle, I'm going with another guy that I'm I'm a little nervous about, but I think he should have a good week. If you're counting on him to have a good week ever, I think this is the time. Mr. Miles Sanders versus the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay, their secondary looks incredible right now, like surprisingly adequate for a, a depleted group that we saw last year. They are holding people in check, but their, their friend Stefan – allowed Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman to combine for 140 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. I think that this is the way that Philly is going to need to run the game is through the 
ground game, right? I think that's how they need to take charge, manage the clock. Their secondary is suspect. I think they're going to need to grind out the clock. And Miles Sanders, man, he looks absolutely incredible. He's running some really nice routes. Who are you watching? Because I need to watch that Miles Sanders. He's running beautiful routes. If you're not watching those those nice bombs he's catching down the field, I can't help you there. But the All Packers right, the are giving up game. the Packers are giving up the third most yards to the running back in the NFL so far in the season. I I like his chances in this from the game script perspective. What um, we need is a Nick Chubb situation from last year. We need Jordan Howard to get shipped out. It's not like Jordan Howard's doing anything, really. He also looks fine, too, though. The, no, he the doesn't. Philadelphia Stop. Eagles. No. no, he does not. No, their offensive line looks good enough. that. But he's keeping Miles Sanders off the field. So Miles Sanders has only seen 49%, 43%, 34%. It's going down instead of up. Like, ugh. I hate coaches. I hate coaches. And Jordan Howard is one of those guys where, like, come on, Giants, go trade for him. I think he's looked decent, which that I think that's more of a product of the offensive line. But, again, I think we've seen Miles Sanders look tough, too. I think it's just been an opportunity thing. I, you got to well, when get... Leonard Fournette goes down in, like, three weeks, maybe they'll trade for uh, Jordan Howard, kind of like they traded for Carlos Hyde last year, and Miles Sanders can finally break out. Yeah, I, I'm not complaining. I don't care how it happens. I just think that it's a good opportunity for him. Any deep sleepers that you would like to give give a moment to shine, Michelle? You know, the only one I quickly want to mention, and I'm going like it's beyond deep. It's like to like what's deep in the world? Uh, the ocean. Sure. Let's say the you ocean. You want to swim with the seahorse, baby? No, I really don't. So nowhere I ever want to go because that makes me very, very anxious, which kind of, it, it relates. Because if I had to play this guy, I am very, very anxious about it. It's Gerald Everett. But the tight end position right now is rough. Like if you had Hunter Henry, if you had Vance McDonald, if you drafted OJ Howard, who's not producing, if you just spent all your fab money or your waiver priority on TJ Hawkinson and he's doing nothing... Kittle's on by. Like, there is a lot of reasons why you might need a tight end. Gerald Everett, you could do worse. <laughs> you could do worse. So right now, Higby's still a little banged up. He did get in a limited practice today. We'll see if he plays. But even if he does play, I expect him to, you know, be in in less snaps. They're going against the Bucks, who are the second worst on the season. First tight ends. So you got a glimmer of hope there. Gurley, you know, he's not doing his thing. And he's not getting used in the passing game. So the Tampa Bay Bucks are actually really good against the run this year, surprisingly. If they stop Gurley, if Gurley's not getting involved in the, the short passing game, maybe they use Everett. And that's just my, you know, I'm holding on to something there. Let's see if it happens. But if you desperately need a tight end, I think you could do worse. I love that. Let's get into our fades of the week. But first, I want to talk to you guys about FantasyGo.com because it's the NFL season. You might be zero and three. Zero and three in some of your fantasy football leagues. You need some help. Michelle, are you up for the challenge of helping a 0 and three team back to victory? That's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Michelle took a team last year, one and five. One and five. Won the championship. Yeah, I did. Yes, she did. And you know why? Because she plays the waiver wire. You know what we can help you do through FantasyGo.com? You hook up your Yahoo Fantasy Football Leagues to FantasyGo.com. Pick your favorite analyst from the marketplace there on FantasyGo, which is obviously me. <laughs> Please. who? What story was that just about? Was it about you it or me? It was about Michelle. So yeah. you either pick me or Michelle. You pick me or Michelle, and we will help you make your lineup decisions. We'll help you make waiver wire decisions should you give us that that joy because there is nothing better than playing the waiver wire baby and you'll quickly climb out of that hole you'll be three and three before you know it before you know it yeah get that ball blast exclusive advice let us manage those leagues bring you out of that hole so you can get on your way back to getting those trophies only on fantasygo.com <laughs> I told Dwight that there is honor in losing. 
which as we all know is completely ridiculous. There's no honor in losing, Michelle. Don't lose with these guys in your lineup. Who's your biggest fade of the week? So I am bundling here. And it is the Bills offense, and it is the New England Patriots offense. Oh, that's a defensive showdown waiting to happen. I agree. It's in Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to be pumped out of their brains to play this game. 3-0, and baby. The crowd is going to be loud. They're both 3-0. and It's going to be a great game, but I think defense, defense, defense. So it scares me to play any offensive pieces in this match. Now, the Bills side probably makes sense to you. Right? So you're probably not questioning it much. The Patriots D has been extremely solid this year. They have played against the Jets without Sam Darnold and then Miami for two of the three games. So let's And then see. the Steelers with yeah. uh, Big yeah. Ben injured at home. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know about the Big Ben injury at the time, but that was a whole other thing. Made sense, though. So we have no idea what their defense really is, but they can only play against the teams they play against and they. Their defense was dominant. So that's all we have to go off of right now. And they're, you know they always take away the other team's best player. Like, And the thing is, right now, I don't know who the Bills' best player is. I would go with John Brown. So they'll take away John Brown, especially if Stephon Gilmore is on him. John Brown's not going to get any work. So I'm not playing him, even though I love John Brown. They know Josh Allen wants to run or scramble, so they're probably going to keep him in the pocket and make him throw in the pocket. So I'm not excited to start Josh Allen. It's just like Bill Belichick and that, you know, his defensive calling is just brilliant. So, no, I don't want to start anyone on the Bills. And then when you go to the Patriots side, the Bills' defense has been fantastic, like fantastic, especially against quarterbacks and wide receivers. Sam Darnold, week one, only had 175 yards and a touchdown. They only allowed 68 total rushing yards to the Jets. Yes, Jamison Crowder did some work, but all short, very, very short. If you had to start one Patriots wide receiver against the Buffalo Bills, which one are you taking? Edelman, I guess, because of the shorter passes. Maybe, you know, the slot, he could get some targets. So if I have to, I would start him. But then we saw, you know, Manning have trouble against the Bills, but Manning has trouble against everyone. Saquon, (laughs) Saquon did do his thing. Saquon, Saquon will always be Saquon. And then in week three, Mixon, you know, just had 66 yards on the ground. Dalton and Boyd really struggled for the majority of that game. By the end, they kind of started clicking. Ross was a complete disaster. So, no, I'm not excited to start any of those wide receivers on that team. We saw Brady late last season play the Bills in New England. I thought it was in Buffalo this whole time I've been talking about this lately. It was in New England and the Buffalo Bills very late last season. So it's, you know, a, a similar defense to what they have now. 126 passing yards Brady had, one touchdown and two interceptions. One touchdown, two interceptions, 126 yards. A very un-Brady-like. I was playing against Brady in that game last year, actually. The Brady bunch of interceptions. This is why I remember it so much. Brady needed like such minimal points to beat me, and I was like, well, I lost. And I couldn't even watch the game because I was like, oh, I know I'm going to lose. Like This is a stupid game. And... I looked later on at night. I was like, oh, my God, Brady is sucking. And I could see this happening again in Buffalo. So, no, I I, I don't want to start Brady either. The only person that I would play with somewhat confidence is James White because I think those underneath passes is what gets the bills, but they allow that. Like, that's what they want to allow. You can't stop everything. They just don't want anything to beat them over the top. So I think James White could have a solid game. Absolutely. My fate of the week, Todd Gurley, baby. Todd Gurley, he hasn't looked like Todd Gurley. And I feel like you still feel obligated to put him in your starting lineups. And it's it's hurting you. So he faces the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week, which last year it would have been this foolproof matchup, right? Mm-hmm. They've looked better this year. And I've been holding out this hope that I don't maybe it was just sort of a fluky game, but I'm starting to think maybe it's not, right? The San Francisco 49ers, uh, Tevin Coleman, game one, came out six attempts for 23 yards, obviously a smaller sample size. Raheem Mostert, nine for 40, not too bad. But then we see Christian McCaffrey, 16 carries, 37 yards. Saquon Barkley, before his injury last week, eight carries, 10 yards. 
is Tampa Bay the real deal? They could be. They honestly could be. And maybe that's why I'm not so high in Gallman because we saw him come in and struggle. But like you just said, Saquon Barkley only had 10 yards. I do think he did. He get a touchdown before he went out. So it didn't seem like it hurt as bad. Uh, but yeah, I think Tampa Bay is a legit defense, like at least a legit rushing defense. Yeah. I don't know what they are through the air quite yet, but I do think that we have to temper our expectations for running backs going up against Tampa Bay because they have, they've shut down some good quarter or some good running backs. And I don't think that Todd Gurley is in a place where he's looking Todd Gurley enough to beat the matchup. He's not looking like this electric running back that we've seen in years past. He's looking like Wayne Gallman <laughs> on the Los Angeles Rams. He's just not getting the volume. He's not even getting the goal line work. It's super concerning. And I, I saw a report today that they want to get him more touches. That's a great story, but I, I agree with it. you. And what's sad is that I thought if he's not getting work taken away, right? If he's playing in the games, he's not getting work taken away from Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown, then Todd Gurley is going to be a steal. He's going to kill it. But the thing is, all those things are happening. He's playing. He's involved. He's getting carries. He's not getting carries taken away from him he anyways look from like other he players. Has that spark. Yeah, he's not producing the same way. So it, he, you know, he's disappointing us in other ways than I thought. See, I thought I was going to be mostly because other people were going to get involved, and that's just not the case. But he's just also not as involved. Yeah, they're they're tilting away from the run. They're even if they say they want to get him more involved, do I trust that? Not really, because you you don't look electric in the ways that you've already been involved. So, Michelle, give me one more fade before we head out. All right, my second fade is Devonta Freeman. And now this may seem easy to some, or, you know, maybe some people got excited last week when they Low saw... hanging fruit. I know, I know. But people were excited last week. He got 88 yards on the ground, was averaging 5.5 yards per carry compared to two yards. He was on the field a lot more because Edo Smith was hurt. The thing is, he was in a nicer matchup last week. Ito Smith was out for, you know, a good portion of that game. He saw 90% of the snaps, and all he came away with was 88 yards rushing, which is, you know, really solid, but zero touchdowns. And then he did see four targets. He's seen four targets in each of his three games, but, like, no yards. He saw seven receiving yards. That's just gross. And if Edo Smith comes back, then his, you know, offensive snaps are going to go right back down. He's playing against a Tennessee Titans defense this, this week. That's pretty solid against a run. They held Fournette to 66 yards last week, and it should have been so much less than that. Fournette finally broke off for a 69 yard run towards the end there. And yes, he did break off for a 69 yard run and end with 66 rushing yards <laughs> the math doesn't seem to add up there no it does not and he rushed the ball 15 times so 14 times yes he uh 14 times equaled negative three yards negative three wow that's the worst thing i've ever heard of <laughs> exactly and we can't trust uh devonta freeman in the passing game even if he gets those four targets i was worried coming into the season that the emergence of austin hooper since he had his big year as a pass catcher in Atlanta before the Tevin Coleman era. I, I was wondering what sort of effect Austin Hooper would have on his ceiling in fantasy leagues, and I feel like it's kind of showing. And even like a Ridley could put that effect on him as well because Matt Ryan, you know, before had Julio Jones and not much else. Devonta Freeman was his next dude up, and now he has other options to go to. I don't like the matchup. I don't like his usage. I think we saw like the top uses he's going to get from last game, and it still wasn't that pretty. So why take the risk for that 88 yards re rushing and seven yards receiving when really your floor is much worse than that? So I'm going to stay away from Devonta Freeman this week. I think that's totally fair. Now, last but not least, we want to get into our favorite matchups of the week that we are excited to see. Michelle, tell me what game are you most excited for this week? 
So I'm most excited for New England at the Bills. We just talked about this. It's going to be a terrible fantasy game, most likely. And usually you hate those games. I know. I normally do. But I'm really excited to see New England go into Buffalo. I will be rooting for the Bills. And I I think the Bills have a chance to win this year. I just do. I think their defense is great. I think Josh Allen will struggle. But I think he can put together a couple good drives. I mean, we saw him with, was it four or five turnovers in the first game of the season. So he turned it around by the second half. I He might be able to piece together a game. That stadium's going to be insane. Like I kind of wish I could be there. I think it's going to be a, an awesome game for those fans. I have been at a game where new, where the Bills beat New England. It was about, I don't know, it was a while ago now, seven years ago or so. And it was an amazing, an amazing experience. So I'm hoping, again, the Bills fans can get that win. And Bills I, fans, you deserve it, baby. I always like to see New England and the New England, New England and Brady lose. New England in the past. And it's not being a hater. It's just because they're so stinking good. that It's us acknowledging how good yes, they are. And obviously, we're going to root for you to lose. Spread like, the it's love, guys. Obvious. Yeah. So who's your, who's your game you want to watch this week? I'm interested in Panthers at Texans. I think this could be in... Kyle Allen time, baby. I'm interested to see Kyle Allen because I think that the Texans defense is nothing to write home about. I think they should give him plenty of room to air it out a little bit. And you still have Christian McCaffrey there. I want to see, is this for real? I want to see what Kyle Allen can do with, you know, an NFL defense who lost a lot of major pieces this year can do against a guy who he doesn't have a ton of experience in the NFL. You've got minimal game film on him. Can you turn that into defensive production? I don't know if the Texans have the, the guys to do it right now i mean the texans offense speaks for itself interested to see what what carlos hyde can do he's definitely looked like the superior back to duke johnson i just think there are some questions to be answered here can will fuller finally put it together because he's seen um a decent amount of targets he's seen the depth of target that you want to see for a guy like Will Fuller and they just haven't been able to sort of connect in that same way that we've seen before. Is this the magic game for Will Fuller? He's healthy. I like that. I like a lot of things about this game and I just sort of want to see how these pieces meld together. I think this might be one of the highest scoring games of the week. I'm sure. And I haven't even looked at the over unders yet. I I have to imagine Vegas agrees with me looking at the slate for this week, Michelle. I agree. All right. You got anything else for me? I don't. I'm excited to get into week four. And I can't, like we said earlier, I can't believe it's week four. Give us a uh, a follow if you don't follow us already in, on Twitter at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm. At FFBallBlast, baby. I'm Kate. And I'm Michelle. And With the deep voice. I, I was told uh, before that I sound <laughs> older than Kate because apparently I have an old woman's you voice. You are older than me. <laughs> apparently I have an old woman's voice and you have a young woman's voice. I do. I'm a month um, younger, Michelle. Yeah, she is. My she's skin a little baby. so fresh and so moist. <laughs> she's so young. She's a month younger than me and I always call her a little babe. Little yeah. baby. Little baby. Um, everybody, give us a follow. Check us out on Patreon. Leave us those five-star reviews if you are so generous We appreciate your support, and good luck this week, guys. Win it, baby. Win it, baby. Bye. Bye.